Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, are you a quitter? Don't call it out. Ponder it. Think about it. Are you a quitter? By any stretch of the imagination, is there quit in you? How often hasn't Hollywood or a dad gotten in our face and challenged us? Are you a quitter? Is there quit in you? If you quit, we all die. I think of Band of Brothers or A Few Good Men or the Marvel movies Thor and Spider-Man. And how many of us have watched Night at the Museum with our kids or grandkids? Remember Owen Wilson's character? Gigantor, I ain't quitting you. How about your dad? Did your dad ever challenge you as a quitter? Would there ever be a sweet job that you could have where you would never be tempted to quit? Probably not in this real world because it involves people. Someone once said, and I think this person was a public relations director, I would love my job if it weren't for people. You see, people are part of life. So it's important to know the people you go camping with, either literally or in the journey of life. But more importantly, when we're camping, it's important to know yourself and to know our God. You see, God has designed camping, this life, to involve people. Camping, then, takes teamwork. And using the overused cliches, there is no I in team when teamwork makes the dream work. There is no I in team is something that Moses forgot. In his frustration, in this moment where we find him leading the children of Israel from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land. They were three days into their journey to the north and east. But they were one year into eating this manna, this bread. Now be honest with yourself. Would you whine if you had the same thing to eat every day for a year? See, right up front. Oh, right with you. We would all whine. And so we find the children of Israel kind of at wit's end or at pallet's end. They've had enough of this food. We read this last week. If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. Remember, their memory was short. They were slaves in Egypt, right? But now we have lost our appetite. We, have, we, we never see anything but this manna. And then, as our text, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tent. The Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. Moses was frustrated. And in his frustration, he forgot that this life is all about teamwork. 
especially teamwork with the God who, who made us, the God who makes our heart beat, the God who loves us, and the God who gives all of us the tasks he has called us to do. And Moses in that moment was very human. I see myself in him. As he points his finger heavenward and blames God. Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to you? Did I conceive these people? Did I give birth to them? Why are you telling me to carry them in my arms to the promised land you promised on oath to their ancestors? question for us is, in our frustrations, have we ever relegated God to an adversary in our lives rather than thinking of him as an ally for teamwork on the journey of life together? Especially when the going gets tough. Think of the person who may have thought, Lord, I didn't plan on this challenge with my child. What are you doing to my life? Or, Lord, didn't you say that marriage is supposed to be a blessing? Slim chance with the spouse you gave me. In Moses' frustration, he forgot that there is no I in team, no going it alone in the teamwork with God. And Moses reveals his true issue, which was himself. Notice again his words, where can I get meat for all these people? And he wasn't asking for a roundies warehouse. He didn't even know it existed. Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat. I can't carry them by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Go ahead, God, just kill me. The focus on me. Always remember that self-reliance is a dead end in the big picture of this world. Self-reliance has its place to a point. But in the end, we all, God has designed us this way, God has designed us to need people, to need teams. And to need him. Think of what he said on day six of creation as he was creating mankind. He said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. The Apostle Paul, in, in preaching to the Athenians in the book of Acts, makes the comment to them that in God we have life and breath and everything else. And Jesus says, to do life, seek first his kingdom. And everything else will be given to you as well. So we may think that we can go it alone. But if you're old enough and smart enough by now, you know it doesn't work that way. Because in reality, we cannot. Health of body, mind, and spirit requires, needs, the presence of people in our lives. And a relationship at the highest level with the Almighty God. And when we forget... Frustration sets in. And the problem with I is revealed, and it may even reveal the quit that I'm sure is in us all. When I think about that, I can only think about me and the reality of my life. 
I had been a pastor for one year in Michigan. And I went to a pastor's conference in June. And I sat down with one of the, my professors from seminary who was the keynote speaker that day. I asked him at a break, hey, can we sit down at the fellowship tonight? I got a question for you. So later on it was, yeah, well, what's going on, Nate? And I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, what am I doing wrong? I am this close to quitting, resigning my ministry. And without missing a beat, he says, how much time are you spending with your wife? And I said, well, it's ministry, I'm busy. He said, you have a day off? A week? And I said, well, Sunday afternoons and a little bit of Saturday. He said, well, how many hours do you work in a week? And I'm like, well, 65, 70. He said, what's the most important thing in your life, your marriage or your ministry? I'm, I said, well, the ministry. Who taught you that? He asked. I said, well, you guys did. And he said, well, if we ever said that, we were wrong. He said, God can take away your ministry, but he's given you your marriage as his gift till death separates. And in that moment was my Moses moment to be humbled by God. And God preserved a preacher in his church. You see, God did not, what was God, not God's will for me to get this, Schedule marriage counseling for 10.30 p.m. because it's the only time the three of us had. It was not God's will for me to, to desert my family for the six weeks of Lent because there was so much to do. God did not need Nathan Strobel to die for the sins of the world. I think Jesus had done that already. And God did not tell me to ignore this third commandment and the Sabbath rest for me, because I had to talk with his people and help them to the detriment of me. No, God wanted me to listen to him and to all of his will for my life and to ask him for the wisdom with, with how to live, for assistance in life, how to do this, and for people. And God promises that he will provide. So I ask you, have you had your Moses moment yet? Some of us needed repeat lessons. Have you had your Moses moment yet? Where God pretty much allowed you to crash and burn so that you would listen and learn to be part of God's team and let him be God. Is it true that there is no I in team? And now I'll show you the team from yesterday morning before we headed home. You'll see the folks in there. Many of you will know them. A great team effort in the middle of a tornado warning. Uh, praying together, battening down the hatches, recovering things afterwards. But is it true that there is no I in team? That's almost like saying that God doesn't need us. Well, the answer is yes and no. You see, if you and I quit, God will find somebody else to do his work and get the important stuff done. But if you and I hang on and persevere, he will help us and he will show us the way and the how. 
Because you see, in the kingdom of God, it is teamwork that makes the dream work. And all of the eyes, all of the me's in the room matter. Now, in God's grace and mercy, wasn't it nice that God did not listen to Moses' prayer and strike him dead on the spot and start new with a new leader? In my mind, I, I can just, as I read the words, I can see God smiling and kind of shaking his head saying, Moses, we are not even going there. We got things to do. Buck up. Okay? Then he says, bring me 70 who are known to you as leaders. Have them come down to the tent of meeting and stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you, take some power of the Spirit that's on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people so you won't have to carry it alone. Now, the Lord is such a good parent, is he not? Because the first thing he does not do is satisfy the whining for meat. The first thing he does is take care of the need for spiritual leaders to help his people. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with Moses. He took some of the power of the Spirit that was on Moses and put it on the 70. And when the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied. See, God's aware of what's happening, and God brings the people. God brings the help. We would say God brings the goods. He brought the Holy Spirit of God who powers the church with faith, who powers faith with fruits, who powers his people with the gifts of the Spirit to do his work. So part of the lesson here is God takes care of us and Moses got help. But the greater lesson is that Moses learned to lean on his God for the power of team. And we see that in this little story about Eldad and Medad. These two guys who are on the list of 70, and somehow they ended up staying in the camp. They did not come to the tent of meeting. They missed the voters' meeting. And guess what? The Holy Spirit found them still. And they were prophesying, proclaiming, preaching in the camp. And this young guy runs to Moses and says, Moses, Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying. And then Joshua was defensive on behalf of his mentor, Moses. And he says, Moses, my Lord, stop them. And what he's really saying is, Moses, stop them. They are not you. You need to be doing these things. And you can hear Joshua or Moses' thought, Ah, Joshua, life is not I. Life is not me. Life is teamwork. And these 70 are God's gift to us. I wish there were more. I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Now, do you notice as, you, as we heard those verses what God did for Moses? All of a sudden, the old Moses is back. With the, he's patient with the patience of God. He's wise with the wisdom of the Almighty. He's powerful in God's plan. You see, there is I in teamwork. God promises to partner with us. He promises to walk with us. And he's committed to being the strength of team. Think what Paul would write hundreds of years later to the Philippians. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. 
Now, some of us might be thinking to ourselves, that's awesome. You know, Moses had God right there. Moses could pray to God, boom, right there. We might think to ourselves, wouldn't it be cool if we could have God in our contacts the way Moses did? Wouldn't that be cool? You know, there's the young mom at wit's end, frantic, single mom raising three kids, and she goes to her contacts and taps on God and says, yeah, God, this is Monica. You know, I, I could use some people. I like your idea of more than one adult raising children. Or there's the married couple at the other end of this camping journey of life. And one is now the primary caretaker of the other. And the health needs are pretty major. And there's even been a thought in his head, you know, hospice is coming, it will be, and just like that, the guilt hits. Why did I think that? And so Richard pulls out his phone and taps on his contacts and says, God, this is Richard. The days are long and hard and lonely and I'm tired and I need people. Wouldn't that be cool? If all of us had God in our contacts? But who's to say he's not there? Think of what James says in his letter in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 2. James writes, you do not have because you do not ask God. Jesus says in Matthew 7, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. And he taught us how to understand those words the night before he died. Father, not my will, but your will be done. And then a passage, that's really an obscure passage, that's one of my favorite, Luke 18, verse 1 where we read, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. You see, in the struggles of life, it isn't always quick. But there's I in team, and T-I always has people. And the team always has our God. Teamwork makes the dream work. But do we trust this Jesus, whom our eyes cannot see, to truly care for us and to be the strength of this team? Do we ever pray and it seems as though God isn't there? Does God ever quit listening to his people? Does God ever quit on his people? The writer to the Hebrews wrote that, writes this in, in Hebrews 5 for us, talking about Jesus' life on earth. He writes, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. And in the prayer of the night before he died, My Father, if it's not possible for this cup of suffering to be taken from me unless I drink it, may your will be done. My friends, Jesus did not quit on you and me. A man once asked, Jesus, how much do you love me? And Jesus threw out his arms and said, this much, and he spread out his arms and he died. Jesus did not quit 
on us. He is the I that created the team. He's the one who brought us on the team through faith in Him as Savior. He's the one who's walking with us on the journey home to heaven. And from the cross, full and empty, He says to us, Teamwork makes the dream work. I got it rolling. Work with me. And together, I'll bring you safely home. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we come before you today with a greater understanding of your commitment to us. If ever a man walked the earth who had reason to whine with what the Father in heaven had placed upon them, it would have been you. For the Father in heaven placed upon you the hurt and the curse and the punishment of the world. And you stepped up as the eye the eye who would build the team called the church. And you died for us on that cross to give us eternal life. And you promised then to walk with us and empower us by your Spirit on the journey home to heaven. Dear Lord Jesus, from this room to all of our, fa our family and friends and brothers and sisters online, there is a team here at the bridge at St. Paul's that is an amazing gift from you. And we are part of that team. Help us to ponder each and every one of us and to pray for each other. We have, there are struggles in all of our lives that would make it, many of us weak in the knees to think about bearing that, and you've asked this of this person. Help us to be there for each other. Help us to think about how I can be part of team for someone else, because someone else will be thinking about how to be part of team for Nate. Help us through it all to listen to you. And in our frustration, may we not point the finger of blame heavenward, may we simply reflect on your love for us in Jesus and your promises to be there for us. And help us go back to the work that you have given us to do. Team that involves I, that involves you, the strength of the team, the strength of the gospel, the strength of your church, the strength of this family. Thank you for camping with us on this temporary journey called life and bring us one day safely home to you. And now, dear Lord Jesus, please hear the words of our prayer, of the prayer, our Father in heaven, hear the words of the prayer that your son Jesus taught us as we speak together the Lord's prayer words on the screens. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. And together God's people say,
Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.